Annyeong. Welcome to I Made a Huge Mistake in the Rest of Development Podcast. I am Darren, I'm your host, and today we're going to be talking about episode 13 from season 4, It Gets Better. Uh, broadcast with all the, all the other episodes for season 4 on the 26th of May 2013. And in this episode, we're finally focusing on George Michael. Um, in, the, in the title credits over the music, you can hear a woodblock. Um, which in a weird way kind of is a like a you know a call forward um, yes. you know before you actually see the episode uh, this was the 12th produced uh, the next George Michael episode was the 13th so clearly Michael Sarah's career has uh, got to the point where they had to do his episodes back to back just to get them kind of out of the way in the production it was written by Dean Loray and Richard Rosenstock that's the final episode that they will be writing this season mm-hmm. and as with all the other episodes they were directed by Mitch Hurwitz and Troy Miller this episode clocks in at around 33 minutes-ish mm-hmm. so almost exactly 50% more than an, a network episode yeah. and joining me to talk about this episode is Eric Harzer hello Eric Anyang, Darren. I think I think the title's quite funny because you know, like, I don't. I mean, I don't know if you will remember recall, but there was the like famous a famous gay slogan. Yeah, it gets better. Yeah, it gets better for the for which I'm trying to remember like around what point that project started. I have a feeling mm-hmm. it was a couple of years before this episode came out. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, somewhere around 2010, I think. Okay. It was kind of um, when it how it came about, and it was it was kind of started through Dan Savage. Okay. Um, okay. And uh, I think his husband as well. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, it is it's specifically about bullying towards kind of uh, uh, you know LB, LGBTQ mm-hmm. um, t- teens and, and younger. And um, you know, obviously, there were I think there were a couple of suicides which kind mm-hmm. of prompted. I say a couple. I mean, it sounds terrible to say it like that, but I think there it were is, kind of yeah. high profile suicides uh, of, of four or five kind of kids and. Um, you know, Dan Savage, you know, he, he, he's, you know, he said that if he could have talked to them and said that it gets better, then, you know, he hoped, he, he hoped that that would have kind of like stopped them from feeling isolated and alone. Yeah. And, you know, I obviously then since then, it's kind of, you know, got, you know, it became kind of huge, you know, within a kind of month of it starting up uh, former president. I hate to say those words. Oh, Barack yeah. Obama, you know, he was uh, he kind of championed it. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, as did Michelle Obama, you know, it really it kind of really took off. Um, so it's kind of funny that in this episode, George Michael says those words, but he kind of I don't know. It's it's kind of a little bit kind of um, I don't know. He just kind of says them a little bit kind of like mocking this kid. Who yeah. Has a different as a different type of vehicle that's got jammed into the car park. Uh-huh. And as he walks past newly returned from Spain, he just goes, it gets better, man. And then just kind of walks past. And um, I don't know, it, it, it's kind of, I don't expect the show to take anything seriously, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's kind of weird that they just kind of throw this in there and, and kind of that is how the title of the episode gets said within uh-huh. um, the episode. Um, well, I, I think know, it's, it's the kind, really of kind of weird. Bluth, it's the kind of blue thing of not really understanding the context of something and just... Just knowing it or he, having heard it and just using it. It kind of fits with that, doesn't it? It fits with yeah. hearing something and not really... Like, later on, obviously, <laughs> uh, George Michael says something about baby talk. And uh-huh. he's he's puzzled when other people don't recognize that as being a universal thing. So uh-huh. I, I think it does kind of underline the fact that the, the Blues live in a little bit of a bubble. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I mean, the summary for the episode on the DVD puzzles me no end because yeah. it's, <laughs> it says the following... At UC Irvine, things get steamy when George Michael finds himself in a love triangle with his best friend Ray and his girlfriend Becky. That has to be a joke. <laughs> There's no way that's not a joke. 
There's no way the person who who's copy editor or whatever for this DVD set was just like, okay, I'll take like two <laughs> two seconds overall in the episode and then just make that sound like that's the entire thing. Yeah, it's got to be. I, yeah. I I mean I I love as well how <laughs> like it, it's it's kind of such a minor thing. Um, even even if it yeah. does contain one of my favorite kind of like um, deliveries of a joke in the entire of this se- season, uh-huh. when uh, George Michael <laughs> says to Ray. You know, I almost forgot Ray, and then he goes, "Oh, thanks, I almost forgot Ray." Like the use of the same phrase, like back to back, really quick. Um, you know, that yeah. kind of that kind of makes me laugh. But yeah, the fact that that's what they chose as the summary, mm-hmm. uh, and it really kind of yeah. that is literally nothing to do with the kind of bulk of the episode. Um, you know, and it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's I just I love that someone has obviously decided to do these summaries that kind of focus on the least important part. Because the summaries yeah. for the kind of the episodes after this are, are roughly the same, where they they summarize a part of the episode <laughs> and they don't like the Buster one. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, in the next episode, it basically says Buster struggles, you know, to cope without Lucille. I mean, that really undersells what the whole episode <laughs> is about. Um, so, yeah, but anyway, yeah. we start this episode in a kind of puzzling place. Um, you know, in previous mm-hmm. episodes, we've already seen um, through Michael's episodes, we've already seen you know George George mm-hmm. Senior. Um, in his senior year at college, we haven't seen the previous years. We only we only get to meet him when he's in his senior year, and obviously Michael decides to move in, yeah. and then the whole you know uh, voting situation <laughs> and the, the kind of how that leads to Michael ending up in Phoenix. So we've seen that part of George yep. Michael's story, and we've also seen from Maybe's point of view all the stuff to do with Fate Block, um, and you know the <laughs> the ending up of, of of people being in this gigantic you know hangar. Um, which will become the face block mm-hmm. offices and you know the the almost the the kind of the one half of the the kind of parody of the social network that comes from you know the, mm-hmm. the kind of the expanding company and you know people taking over the idea and all all that kind of aspect of it it's kind of already been addressed in maybe's episode um and, yes, but in yes. this episode we we get to find out how we reached those points um and it's it's you know obviously mm-hmm. the show itself it knows that when it reaches the point where Michael moves in and Michael moves out, in this episode that only takes about two minutes, whereas it was, you know, previously like a thirty-minute story elsewhere in the season. And the same with yeah. maybe we get like little kind of hints of what's going on with maybe, but we don't get the whole kind of you know fake block storyline kind of um, you know in its in its mm-hmm. entirety because we've essentially already gone over that ground. Um, but we start in a place where we haven't been before, um, which is George Michael is having a pool party at the model home in Sudden Valley. Uh, and in previous mm-hmm. episodes, we know that Sudden Valley has been completed. We also know that it has no Wi-Fi or, um, you know, schools nearby. <laughs> and, and mm-hmm. you know, um, George, um, you know, George Michael, <laughs> it's so weird because he's, he's having this party and the narrator says he was surrounded by people who were thrilled to be in his company. Um, uh, which I mean, it's a kind of almost once you, if you know the rest of the season, it's a very kind of dark opening. Um, you know, we know from mm-hmm. Tobias and from Job, um, you know, who these people are basically, um, and they are registered sex offenders um, who yes. enjoy the company of George Michael, who looks young, <laughs> and 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 th- this is something that they actually say when they're like, you know, you look really young. Um, but obviously is an adult, so they don't have, so they're not restricted from being near him. Um, yes. And we start with this really the perfect loophole. <laughs> yeah. And we start with this really kind of weird thing where Terry and Carlos are trying mm-hmm. to get in George Michael's affections somehow. 
Um, and Carlos keeps tickling George Michael, um, <laughs> which which George t- Michael oddly seems pretty like he's not super creeped out by it, but no, it's still not something he wants. But yeah, and and also it plays into you know obviously a joke that Carlos has played on George Michael anyway. Um, yes, I like how <laughs> how you know um, we 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 have George Michael and he doesn't understand why. Uh, these people have, have thrown this party, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to which Carlos, of course, says, you look so young, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> when you know what this is meant to be, that is a kind of a very kind of creepy line. Um, and they yes. talk about how, you know, they've created an opportunity many of us thought we'd never have again. Now, obviously, <laughs> we already know what fate block actually is, um, uh-huh. in, in essence. Um, but we will kind of see, well, I mean, we know where it is in in terms of the show at this point, which is we think it's a a type of software that will will remove everything from the internet, um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously, if you're a sexual offender, then that is something that is very positive yeah. for them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, and I I like how when George Michael says, um, you know. I, I, that's the part I don't understand, Carlos. Carlos goes, "You know my name," and and then of course, <laughs> yeah. I like that this is when kind of Rebel Ali enters, mm-hmm. thinking of course that she's um, she's talking with uh, George Maharis, um, which yes. you know again is a joke which we've already seen earlier in the in the uh, in the in the show, uh, just not from the point of view of of George Michael, um, and. Mm-hmm. You know, he says these guys aren't really my friend because I barely know their names, and I, I love this because I, I mean, I know Carlos, but that's only because of the old song "Carlos the Tickle Monster." <laughs> and she's like, "I don't know that song." <laughs> yeah, and oh, this is you where don't know it? Oh. George Michael realizes, you know, that that, that was made up, um, and yes. you know, I, it's worth pointing out as well that when Rebel shows up, the guys who are you know around George Michael kind of back up a little bit as well. Um, yeah, and we like all scatter away from her. <laughs> yes, and we also get to see, um, you know, one more time, uh, Tom Saunders as Tom, the former Bluth Company employee. <laughs> yes, yes. Obviously, maybe a little bit of an explanation as to why he was, you know, finally fired one more time from the company and hasn't returned. Uh huh. Um, you know, and once once we've had this little kind of introduction, we then jump back um, to uh, George Michael. Um, trying to get himself into Juilliard playing the woodblock. Yeah, um, yes. Which is such... I mean, I, I love the fact that we bring back Balls in the Air because that is one of my favourite kind of mm-hmm. uh, songs from the original series. Uh, but I love as well how <laughs> the song kind of finishes and you see George Michael tapping the woodblock and he goes, and that's where the song should have ended. <laughs> which is just yes, like... he is keeping time and he's trying to tell them that they were going too fast with their rock and roll. Balls in the air rendition. Yeah, and I, I love as well how you know, um, this kind of this weird kind of thing that was just thrown out once for you know Doctor Fuke's uh-huh. um, good time you know family band solution. Um, yes, one hundred percent natural, should I say, family band solution. <laughs> um, it, it was just thrown out that George Michael liked playing the woodblock and he had yes a good sense of time, and then that that has now been turned into you know, kind of like the basis of this episode is yes. his need to, to kind of be able to get into Juilliard, but with, you know, using a woodblock. Um, and I like as I well... I feel like that's pretty... 
at least for me, that seems to be a pretty big reoccurring element of season four is they they really rewatched the first three seasons and really like just pulled very small elements from characters and just like ran with those elements so <laughs> yeah. the wood block for george michael i think the bees was kind of a weird thing for me yeah for, uh, a joke job yeah <laughs> yeah they really go to town with the bees um yes but i like as well how you know george michael talks about how um, you know, this is about my demo tape to Juilliard, and they've got to dig what I do so mm-hmm. much that they start an entire department for woodblock. <laughs> woodblock. <laughs> yeah. he, he seems to have an outsized idea of how big woodblock is. Yes, and I love as well how when the band just like kind of ignore him and leave, he he says mm-hmm. that they're proving his point, <laughs> which in a, kind of in a, <laughs> in a way they are. They're leaving before he said they should. Um, and of yes. course, Peahound talks about how they could record the woodblock separately and mix it louder on the computer. And, you mm-hmm. know, George Michael kind of, he doesn't want to do that. Um, you know, he talks about how he's, you know, he wants to showcase his internal clock. Um, and this is where we find out. Uh, we get another appearance here of, uh, of Seth Rogen and Kristen Wiig as the young George Sr. and young Lucille. Um, and we get mm-hmm. the debut. I mean, you know, here we are one episode from the end. And we get the debut of one of the kind of major characters in the show that has been talked about a great deal, but has never appeared. Uh, and that is Tracy Bluth. Um, yes. You know, making finally making her appearance, played by Maria Thayer. Um, and, you know, having, you know, Maria Thayer as well, you know, along with... Um, Isla, Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, that's it, yeah. Having, having mm-hmm. Isla Fisher and Maria Thayer, they, like, they're both kind of redheads and they kind of look similar as well. Um, you yeah. know, so it's kind of does it? I mean, it's not quite the whole kind of you know cousins thing, but although of, of course you know Rebel Alley was also in Le Cousins Dangerous, uh, the the yes. remake, not the original, of course. Um, and so there, there's kind of a little bit of a play on the whole kind of incest angle once more, but this time kind of a little bit kind of more subtly played, I would say. Uh, where mm-hmm. you know we meet <laughs> we meet Tracy, and you know she's been using Baby Talk, which is just the timers from the corn ballers uh, that are super loud. <laughs> and, yes. And so, uh, you know, we see Tracy in an advert. Uh, and I like as well how, you know, George Sr. says, uh, if I were a doctor, I would guarantee that it would also boost their brain power by 110%. And at the bottom he says, not, <laughs> not a medical doctor guarantee cannot be guaranteed. Uh, but I like how yes. he phrased it as if I were a doctor. Make it, you know, so there's a, a couple of loopholes there. Um, and you know when when asked if um, you know the baby talk has changed the um, the brain power intelligence yeah, yeah of uh, of the of the baby George Michael um, Tracy basically says no but she's then dubbed over um, by Lucille <laughs> by Lucille yeah. saying that uh, yes it has completely changed his brain power um, yeah you know. and you know I like as well how uh, you know every time we see the cornballer. Um, someone burns themselves <laughs> on the cornballer. Burns their hands, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even and they start the long string curses as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, uh, George Senior. You know, he go. I like as well how he says we should put it in cribs right after he's burned himself as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's like such a kind of perfect, you know, kind of uh, counterpoint. Um, but yeah, and then yes. of course, you know, this is where we find out that George Michael hates his name. Uh, obviously, this is something that you know they they will kind of call back to later on in the episode, 
Um, but mm-hmm. it, but you know, perversely, we've already we already know that he's calling himself a different name because we've seen him meet Rebel in an earlier episode, and he called himself George Maharis. Um, yes. And of course, in this episode, we'll also get to uh, uh, maybe saying the word Ares, but <laughs> it ended up coming out slightly different. Um, yes. And of course, you know, this is where we get we get the final kind of callback to the family meeting, uh, which we've now seen from a number of different angles. Um, and in this case, we see it from George Michael's point of view as he's given a check to buy a car. Um, and I like mm-hmm. as well how when George Senior gives him the check, he goes, he goes, you don't have to do anything. I mean, you threw me this meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so even a graduation party kind of turns into a meeting. Uh, and then, mm-hmm. of course, you know, as as he gets the check, Michael walks in and we see kind of the first the first thing that happened kind of in one of his episodes where he says he's out of the family and then you know he, we we see him telling George senior um you know that that, uh, that that you know they're gonna need their money and all this kind of stuff and then he tells George Michael rip up the check to rip it up yeah, <laughs> yeah. so and, was the ripping up the check was that was that part of the first episode no but we haven't seen we haven't seen that part that's the thing it's like we've seen Michael okay, say okay. he's gonna leave the family and they're gonna need their money and all all that kind of stuff and that's usually where the scene finishes. We, we haven't actually okay, seen this okay. part. So this is the first time we're seeing this. Um, but I like as well mm-hmm. that we have Anne sitting quietly next to Job um, <laughs> and not saying anything. I was wondering where Anne was in this episode. All right, yeah, all right. she's just literally sitting next to Job, which is something we didn't find out until like the, the second Job episode when we, you know, we, yes. saw, we saw where she was in that meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, she, she doesn't say anything for the entire kind of meeting. Um, and then they start singing happy birthday after George Michael has ripped up uh, the check, mm-hmm. which I just, I mean, I love that as well. It's just like kind of funny. Um, you know, the fact yeah, that Michael's already, blue thing. Michael's already left before they start singing happy birthday as well. Uh, it's such a perfect kind mm-hmm. of thing for him to do. Um, and then, of course, we get, uh, you know, the stair car being passed on <laughs> to uh, to George Michael. And oddly enough, like they never kind of explain how the stair car ends up being used again by other people because it gets kind mm-hmm. of wedged into the kind of the underground car park here. And yeah. I love I love as well how, the, you know, we get once again Arrested Development with some wonderful kind of like um, play on words where he says he arrived at college without his possessions and he finally was at a place where he felt he'd fit in. And obviously <laughs> the narrator is saying that about the car fitting into the garage. Um, but obviously yes. it gets wedged into the entrance and i i love how <laughs> everyone starts pointing and laughing like they were just standing and around waiting out of the car well yeah. yeah they were they were just standing around waiting for something like this to happen and then george michael kind of walks into the back of the crowd and he starts pointing and doing the same and i just love how like he he like he quickly kind of gets out and knows that he's got to kind of make fun of the situation and make sure no one yeah. knows it's him um, it's just kind of like some wonderful work from uh, Michael Sarah, who kind of the way he's kind of pointing and laughing and kind of really overacting. It's like yes. such a really good well, touch. I love him getting out of the car, and you can see him kind of like looking back as if as if he was always out of the car, yeah. looking at the car. It, <laughs> yeah. It's so great. Yeah, uh, and then this is where we start to get this this kind of very quick session where we we have a number of um, uh, you know of uh, of captions. And <laughs> first of all, we get freshman year. Um, now, I think yeah. the show itself is doing this because, obviously, <laughs> Michael Sarah doesn't look like he did, um, you know, at the end of season three. You know, he's changed, yeah. not substantially, but he's changed enough that 
it's kind of obvious that it's it's not like you know the next kind of year or whatever it's meant to be in terms of the timeline and so mm-hmm. um you know we we kind of jump through these years really quickly. And, you know, I love as well how we get George Michael kind of being playful and, you know, where he decides to, you know, have a Pepsi in the morning. Um, and and he's kind of doing this all for show. And then when, when at night he, he decides to have some eggs and the cook is like eggs. getting really mad at him. Because <laughs> kind of yeah. essentially he's going to have to like fire up a grill and find some eggs and kind of, you know, make some food <laughs> that he wasn't prepared to make at that particular time of day. Um, and I just, yeah. I love how, you know, Joseph Michael keeps kind of doing this really over the top kind of talking to people and kind of selling the joke when he's like, you know, oh, excuse mm-hmm. me, I forgot it wasn't morning and all this kind of stuff. Um, and you know and then uh, he gets the Segway um, and then immediately abandons the Segway yes Um, and then he's trying on his different uncles or different uh, role models kind of yeah and then you know after after kind of dumping the Segway we kind of smash cut to um, sophomore year and then I love when he's playing air hockey and and as he scores a point he goes boom and that's what we call only being behind by three, which is such a kind of... It is a perfect George Michael moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although the narrator says everything got turned up to 11, though it's kind of clear that things aren't getting turned up to 11. But I just love the kind of yes. the contrast that the narrator is providing. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> the narrator, I like how he's almost trying to rush George Michael through this period so that he can kind of, you mm-hmm. know, get to the, the you know, the, the current day. Um, and I like how he goes, highlights, loyal friends. <laughs> and then we see Becky and Ray. Um, and yeah. he's talking about the, you know, the Sitwell soft, softball kind of game. Um, and then, you know, he goes, romance. And then we see George Michael kissing Becky. And then, of course, the narrator mm-hmm. says, betrayal. And then he, betrayal. Sees, <laughs> he sees Becky and Ray. Um, and then Ray says, you guys broke up. And, of course, <laughs> Michael go- George Michael goes, um, Oh, thanks, Ray. I almost forgot. And then the narrator tells <laughs> us about the triumph of friendship. And then Ray kind of sits next to him. And um, George <laughs> Michael says the exact same words, but with a completely different intonation. Oh, thanks, Ray. I yes. almost forgot. <laughs> and, nice. And then they kind of almost reminisce about Becky. And then stability returns with junior year. And this is when we kind of get to, um, I don't know, probably my favorite kind of little detour in this entire th- kind of thing where we have the the um, the human sexuality lab. He goes to the kissing <laughs> the kiss- study, yes. I guess. Yeah. Which has like the most kind of like I mean, they have like basically a a fake mouth uh, with a functioning yeah. tongue, and I, it seems like quite an expensive kind of thing just to figure out how people kiss. Mm-hmm. And I like as well how as he's being led in, this woman is saying to him, "It's all about the science of kissing between a man and a woman." And George Michael says, "Oh, that's always fascinated me." And then they kind of like strap him into this chair and kind of force his face into position. A group of very like low cut blouse women and like, yeah, it's just very sexualized women doing all this. So he just assumes, yeah, I'm going to be kissing women. (laughs) And then it's just this crazy robot mouth. Yeah. Such a great play on expectation and i like as well how like you know he essentially he's been tempted into this because he thinks he's going to be kissing this woman and they've yes. they're kind of <laughs> they're kind of they basically like they have to strap him in so he doesn't run away 
Um, and I love the mm. screaming of bringing in the mouth unit, which is just kind of like. <laughs> and then this is where they kind of like you know they they, they start the experimentation with um, with like uh, you know C and M and Z and they just kind of I don't know I can't quite understand what they're trying to do but there's just like a load of random letters that they seem to be shouting out. Um, I I assume it's like mouth movements and it's like when you get an eye exam and they say is is this one better or is this one better yeah and uh, it's like that I guess the funny thing is that you know like we have on the screen this kind of computer model that is essentially modeling <laughs> George Michael's mouth like as it's happening yeah and it's just like mm-hmm. it's kind of it seems a little insane um, but then we get you know uh, study abroad Spain um, which yes. considering that the the Bluffs can't understand spanish at any point and can't get a grasp of spanish it seems like that would be a poor choice but i guess you know if you want to get better at it then you know it's uh, a better yeah. place to go and we have you know this thing where um george michael you know he uh, he does this weird thing where he's standing next to this couple and he kind of you know just follows them <laughs> um yeah. you know and it, it, i don't know just kind of turning himself into a third wheel and then we see him with a mustache um, uh, you know, nannying for this woman who, um, you know, is very passionate and <laughs> throws a vase. And, um, you know, it's like, I think personally that this is a reference to Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Okay. Because in that you have Penelope Cruz and uh, I think it's Javier Bardem. And they play this kind of like passionate Spanish couple who are constantly throwing things at each other. Um, and it mm-hmm. seems like this is like a quick play on that particular kind of um, relationship um, in that yeah. film. But you have uh, Nadine um, Velasquez, I think that's how you say her mm-hmm. surname. Um, and, you know, she she's best known for being on uh, My Name is Earl before this. Uh, if you're familiar okay. with My Name okay. is Earl, she was uh, Catalina on that. And, she, you know, she's been in a few things since that, but that's where I kind of, like, recognised her from. Though, okay. though, obviously, you know, now she is, you know, old enough to be playing the part of, like, a, a mother. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's quite important because, um, you know, I, I like how she kisses him um, and, you know, the narrator tells us that, uh, you know, there's a jaw and lip retraction issue. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, she, you know, she says, you make love to me like a boy. And uh, George Michael says, speak to me in Spanish, because that's the only way college credit is actually activated. <laughs> um, and I like how, um, you know, when she says, make me cry, he goes, you're a terrible mother. <laughs> Which is... That is such that is such a great line. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's funny because there's something about George Michael and sex paired with education, because uh, when he's trying to have sex with this woman and he's trying to have her talk to him in Spanish. And then later on when, uh, maybe he's, he's trying to make his moves on maybe and he has to like explain (laughs) algebra to her. Yeah. Just that's a recurring theme here. Just to kind of flirt. He has to, uh, kind of give a maths lesson, uh, which I think is quite funny. Um, but yeah, so, you know, he returns from Spain, um, you know, in mm-hmm. his senior year, and he has now an, a, a new overt sexuality. Um, and of course, this is where oh, he says, S, yeah. where he says it gets better to the, uh, the the freshman whose van is stuck in the garage. And I'm just wondering why they yes. let freshmen park in that garage if they keep getting stuff stuck there. D- did you see what it was on top of his van or whatever? Uh, it got stuck? I can't remember. I didn't. I didn't pay. It attention. went too fast. I couldn't quite see what it was. Yeah, I think it's only it's only on screen for like a second, isn't it? Before they're they're back on George Michael. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then this is where we meet the twins, although I think they've been in previous episodes, but this is essentially George Michael yeah. meeting the twins uh, as we meet Doug and, D- Doug and Dean Fleer. Those are not easy mm-hmm. names to say. Um, and, you know, they, they say, can't wait to meet Michael George. <laughs> so they <laughs> think they've given him a double a double room because they think that um, he, he is two he, he is people. Two people yeah. yeah. So this is, you know, I, I like as well how, uh, you know, obviously in previous episodes, we've then seen that <laughs> that Michael does move in. Um, so it's funny that mm-hmm. they say can't wait to meet Michael George because, you know, George Michael's in and then Michael moves in. So they do actually get to meet mm-hmm. Michael. But obviously, you know, that's his dad. Um, who shows up at the door saying <laughs> Pete died. And, of course, George Michael goes, uh, who's Pete? Who's <laughs> Pete? <laughs> um, which I, I love because, you know, to the viewer, you know all the story about Pete, you know, from, from Michael's point of view. So from George mm-hmm. Michael's point of view, as in the Maybe episode when people talk about Lucille too, and he says, I don't know who you're talking about, because in the entire run of the show, George Michael has never met Lucille Ostero. So it makes sense that he has no idea who people are talking about. When people keep saying Lucille too, he has no idea what they're talking about. And it's the same here yeah. where he has no idea who Pete is. And of course, uh, this is where Michael gives him the advice to shave his mustache. Um, and I like the fact that he says, I love it, but you know, he's <laughs> telling him to shave it off, but he's then saying that he likes it. Uh, and we kind of jump then to six months later um, where P Hound, uh, who of course we've met in, in, in previous episodes is, you know, trying to mm-hmm. work out how, you know, they're going to showcase the woodblock um, because obviously an electric guitar is always going to be louder than a woodblock. Um, yes. And this is where he says, too bad there's no such thing as an electric woodblock. <laughs> and now... And that's when they get the idea for the app. Yeah, yeah, and this is my favorite part of this episode just because we get a whole kind of, you know, social network uh, parody kind uh-huh. of coming in. <laughs> and I like as well how the narrator kind of keeps kind of coming in and kind of leading them a little bit. Um, uh-huh. So obviously, you know, they set to work inventing a downloadable app that would allow one to play an electronic version of a woodblock on their smartphone. And that is actually, you can actually download that. If you go into uh, either... Really? Yes, you can actually download Fake Block. It is an app that's been in the oh app store God. for like five years. Um, and, you know, it has the different uh, options that they talk about. Um, in this particular, mm-hmm. in this particular, oh, episode. the different wood grain yeah. and uh, the hole. <laughs> yeah, so they they oh actually they actually made it. I don't know if it's still there now, but it was certainly there a couple of years ago when I I last looked. I like how George Michael says, uh, "I can't believe nobody's ever done this," and then the narrator says, "A quick something search would have revealed that there were only <laughs> three woodblock apps on the market." Yes, um, and, and I love them trying out the different apps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they download them. And I like as well how we get, again, some wordplay where P. Han says, I hope we're not doing this on my account. And, of course, he goes, oh, we're doing it so we can see what the competition is like. And he goes, oh, no, I mean on my iTunes account. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I just He takes issue with the 99 cents <laughs> yeah, charge. times yeah. three. And that is something that will obviously come back uh, later. But, you know, obviously in, in the social network, you know, the kind of the initial investment was made by Eduardo Saverin. And that is one mm-hmm. of the elements of, a, of the court case that runs throughout that film. Um, and I like as well how they download them. And, you know, George Michael says, you know, there's no choice of wood grain. There's no diameter hole option. And he goes, I mean, what is this, baby talk? And, of course, P. Hound's like, baby talk? And then George Michael's like, 
um is that is that not well known (laughs) uh, but i just i just kind of love it have you ever played a woodblock darren yes i have um okay i have as well yeah I was a percussionist in school, so I mean, I I played in the school band, so I did music as one of my yeah. A levels, so I have I have played a woodblock, mm-hmm. um, and it's yes. not terribly exciting. <laughs> you know, essentially, you are just a metronome yeah. for the rest of the band. Um, yes, you know. uh, George Michael's excitement is not uh, shared by me. So. <laughs> yeah, um, and I like here how you know, kind of the stuff that we've seen in the Michael episode of P Hound and George Michael not wanting to share what they're doing together with him. We now mm-hmm. see it from the other side. Yeah, we, we kind of understand where their plan came from yeah. and where and yeah, I, it all kind of started from. I love here how, um, you know, uh, they go outside the room to, you know, get some privacy. And, you know, George Michael says he wants to register Woodblock. And then he goes, it's taken. <laughs> and then he, <laughs> and I like the pause. And then he goes, Blockwood? It's taken. Taken. And then, of course, mm-hmm. the narrator says, and that's when he came up with, and he goes, block of wood. Block and then, of course, the narrator <laughs> says, though it's just taken. also taken. <laughs> and then we get the final kind of member of the family to actually do this. We finally see George Michael's chicken impression. Um, as, yes, yes. As Peehan says, block, block. And, of course, <laughs> George Michael says, people are going to think we're in the chicken noise Nobody. business. And then mm-hmm. he goes to do the dance, but he's in matador pants. So he can't quite do it. Um, uh-huh. And before he actually gets to start to do the impression, um, someone tells him that Fate Block is available. Do you want Fate Block? And of course, mm-hmm. George Michael, you know, he points out that it's $5,000 for the domain name, which of course is the, the amount that was paid in uh, the social network for uh, for a couple of mm-hmm. servers for, for Facebook. Um, and then, you know, P. Ham points out that he got the last one. And, I <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the 99 cents times three again. Um, and then yeah. George Michael to get to register the you know the domain name, uh, which it's weird that he does this over the phone because I think most of these days to do with domain names is done on the internet. Um, yeah, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know who he's calling. That's the, that's what struck me watching it this time. I was like, who is he speaking to? Like, you know. Yeah, I don't think GoDaddy.com has a uh, phone service. No, so uh, so I don't know what was going on with that, but um, yeah. And then, you know, we find out from this woman that, you know, that they they will kind of pay for people to tutor high school students. And then we get the, the kind of callback to the um, the Shirley Fionke stuff from <laughs> from the previous season where George Michael wonders if the words may be F. And he says, is that her last name or her grade? Agreed. And then, of yeah. course, they say, well, that's her last name. Uh, obviously, you, you know, she got an Elvis head. Yes, she, she got an Elvis Presley head as her last grade, which then gives it gives mm-hmm. away who it actually is, of course. Uh, and <laughs> and I think that's it's funny because obviously, you know, when when maybe was pretending to be Shirley Fionke, she said that on the forms they needed to put like, a you know, an M if they were married or an S if they were single. So she was S okay. Fionke. So it's like a little callback to that kind of like the kind of the, the use of uh, System, letters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like as well how the woman says, you know, stay on top of her. You may need to re- ride her pretty hard, which, of course, is, uh, yeah. you know, They're the same advice that yeah. he's given by his father. Which is I like believe, back yeah. in the second episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I like as well how George Michael is kind of practicing what he's going to say when he sees Maybe. And we've already seen this in yes. Maybe's episode. So it's funny if you've watched okay. the whole series and you rewatch Maybe's episode to see George Michael's kind of practiced surprise. Um, from maybe's mm-hmm. point of view um and yes. you know i like as well how 
when Peahan says, was she your first? George Michael goes, cousin? No. Cousin? <laughs> so, and then he goes, why would your mind go right to that? And it's like, of course, his mind has gone right to that. Yes. And, you know, obviously George Michael, you know, we see him, you know, doing the kind of, uh, you know, the fake as I live and breathe meet with maybe. Um, and then <laughs> I love Ron Howard saying, except for the as I live and breathe part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, I like how he goes, I thought I suppose to, you know, shoot a kid from high school and then maybe says, that's me. Um, and then, you know, maybe kind of she <laughs> she lays out her strategy, which is she's an heiress. And, <laughs> and of course, George yeah. Michael says, a Harris. Um, and of course, <laughs> she says someone who inherits lots of money. Um, and of course, George says, "I wouldn't put all my ands in that basket." So mm, I love, I just love that. Yeah, a, a oh, kind of call back to I don't know what the like second episode of the season two or something. Um, yeah. yeah, and and of course, um, you know, this is where we find out that maybe you know is a risk taker, and she she likes mm-hmm. to mess with people, and you know, pee hound basically kind of overstays his welcome here. <laughs> and George Michael looks to kind of be more overtly sexual that that you know that but and so by doing that he says I made a forty year old woman cry in Spain, which is like <laughs> such a kind of a weird way that he kind of um, you know I don't it's just one of, he kind of brings it up and kind of makes it kind of like really weird mm. and George Michael slips into seduction mode by saying a man a woman a bedroom. Let's solve for X. Solve for X. <laughs> and of course, maybe... Which he tries several times, actually. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he does not understand. So he goes, you know, it, it's algebra. And he goes, you know, what number is X? And of course, she goes, X isn't a number. And uh, <laughs> and then he, he brings out a whiteboard to explain what's going on with algebra. Um, and yeah. then, you know, he pivots back to his sexual seduction. Um, and then, you know, maybe agrees and says, let's get wasted. You know, let's drink that formula. <laughs> and of course, he, he says it's not that kind of formula. And he goes, "Let me just show you what a formula is, real quick." <laughs> so his need to educate overpowers his uh, sexual desires. Yeah, and I I love as well, you know, the kind of this 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 like his seduction technique would work if maybe was just a little bit more educated. Like <laughs> like it would work on it, it. The thing is, it would work on a college girl, but it doesn't work on a high school girl, mm-hmm. even if that high school girl is in her mid twenties now. Um, and you know this is where you know Michael enters. Um, you know we've seen it from the other side where uh, you know he tells he tells uh, George Michael that P Hand is yanking our chain. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And this is where you know I, I love this particular sequence because George Michael weighing his options. Uh, the narrator kind of talks about you know maybe chastised him for not taking risks. And would it be a bigger risk perpetuating a lie about software just to ignite the passions of a woman? Of course it would be a lie. <laughs> and since maybe he wouldn't know it was a lie, he would appear to be taking a risk. But the bigger risk was telling his father that he was lying. Like, there's a, there's a very long speech that the narrator gives, you know, where he talks like, you know, um, you know, a man who owns a matador pa- pair of matador pants. And, and then, he, of course, all this time we're just on George Michael's face. And we realize yeah. that this is happening in real time. 40 seconds, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and... You know, his unfailing internal clock told him that he'd, he'd not responded for 41 seconds. <laughs> and I just love that because obviously normally the narration in the show, um, I don't know, it kind of almost happens uh, independent from the events. 
So the narrator can say yeah. stuff as responses and kind of fit in between sentences, but it's almost like they have the pre-recorded material and they're just making the narrator yeah. fit in between. But here, it's almost like the narrator keeps talking because, you know, George Michael said nothing for so long. There's nothing happening on screen. Yeah, yeah. and I like as well how George Michael so, says, yeah. you know, it's just a Boolean-driven aggregation of what programmers call hacker traps. <laughs> 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 and it uses false metadata on top of a false-rate authentication and a fake profile that would misdirect completely, mm-hmm. you know, completely copy those users away from another person's information. Um, and you know he goes so when you've got friends over you know listening to music and they just want to steal your music and copy your movies or look at your photos you know um, mm-hmm. it just neutralizes it so it's not a threat anymore it's called fake bluff and I just I just like how like the narrator keeps over the top of this keeps saying that you know uh, he's he's a lot better at lying because you know he's a bluff <laughs> and, and this is kind of yeah. just what they do you know effort you know he kind, he of, kind of he kind of taps into this uh, nascent ability that he has just because <laughs> of his yeah and I kind of love yeah. as well how um, you know <laughs> we end up at the point where George Michael says you know it's uh, it's just. It's just, you know, super low-hanging fruit. Someone's going to do it. You know, we're just trying to be those guys. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and then, of course, you know, they go to the computer lab and George Michael tries to ask Peahan to make fake block real. And, mm-hmm. and I like how it's just not possible. <laughs> you know? It's, yeah, it, it is a bunch of bullshit technobabble that he's saying. And it's it's very hard to actually make that a thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I, but I love kind of how quickly Peahan realizes that that it just can't be real. Uh, but Judge Michael's uh-huh. kind of insisting that they they at least try to do something. And so we've got this kind of like spiraling out of control, where like just that idea being leaked out becomes the emphasis behind everybody loving George Maharis or whatever. Yes. And thinking the fake block is the next big thing. I, I just love that. And from from a shitty idea that doesn't actually make sense into. <laughs> A huge corporate empire. And I like as well how, you know, we get a quick cut to Rosalita and we see, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the Star Wars kid version of, of George Michael. Yes. And then I yeah. like how Rosalita stands up and we see that she's heavily pregnant. So there's an yes. implication there that George Michael has a kid in Spain. Um, so oh, I'm no. hoping they revisit that in season five at some point uh, because I think that'd be I, quite I, funny. I hope they do. I think they will. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we have, I like how George Michael says, if we could do something like that, you know, it could be bigger than Facebook. And mm. then I think when he, he says to Peahound, do you think you could do that? And Peahound's like, no. <laughs> and then, of course, George Michael's like, no, of course not. No. <laughs> um, and then they, they do a quick vote and it's Chao Fardero, which I, I like how George Michael, nice. you know, he knows Spanish. He just doesn't know uh, Italian. Uh, and yes. And we get the kind of the start of you know uh the voting but we don't we don't need mm-hmm. to go over the voting because we've already seen that we've already seen and it. then yeah. we just get michael walking away with the peanuts music playing <laughs> and yes. maybe well, i just love i just love michael's just george michael's i'm sorry uh george michael's brief thing of like i think i can get my dad to vote for himself <laughs> and then because we know we because we know how that all shook out it becomes kind of becomes oh yeah he, he does yeah he can do that and then of course you know maybe after after seeing michael go she goes that was fun <laughs> yeah um yeah. you know and then you know maybe he goes to catch the bus this is where we find out that um you know she has an event uh in la uh and uh-huh. 
I, I like how this is where we then kind of cross over to the, um, you know, to the OPs, uh, where maybe he's getting a lifetime achievement award. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. you know and obviously he's encouraging her to graduate high school but she's like you know uh, she's still kind of pushing it on hold um, yeah and you know I, I like as well how you know maybe she they can't go to her house which at this point is still the model home uh, because apparently uh-huh. they're shooting a thing at my place and the narrator of course reveals as it turns up it is they ended up just clubbing a thing Tobias <laughs> to, yeah Tobias yes. being captured um Oh my god! And the cut back to that joke is like just hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah, and then you know this is where we we end up with uh, maybe a George Michael um, at, at a busy hotel with three separate events, um, and of course yeah. before this we've actually seen the outcome of all these events anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of fun to see kind of almost the start of it, um, and then you know George Michael uh, kind of very confidently. He says hello to David Hendry, <laughs> um, who mm-hmm. walks past, and he says, "Hey, man!" And they both go like, "I don't hey," and they stand there and they can't like they're trying to remember each other, and then the publicist takes him away, saying that you know he's nobody, um, uh-huh. and this is where uh, George Michael reveals it's Justin from uh, Wizards of Waverly Place, <laughs> which I I don't know that uh, person, so I was just kind of like, uh. Okay. Well, here's the thing. David Henry is also known for being the son on uh, How I Met Your Mother. Um, okay. So he, okay. he's basically on hundreds of episodes of How I Met Your Mother because they, they recorded a number of stuff when he was young. They just young. play that. Yeah, yeah. And they, they kind of put him into... Part. Yeah, apart from obviously the stuff for the final episode of How I Met Your Mother, which they recorded like in season two or something uh, for the reveal. Yeah. Uh, but we, let's not get into that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where I knew. <laughs> that's a long winding road. Yeah, that's where that's where I knew him from. Um, okay. So, okay. but yeah, I mean, obviously, if you haven't watched Wizards of Waverly Place, but I like as well how it's kind of a joke because maybe says, you know, I'm going to mingle with a bunch of 13 year olds who who still think they can play fifth grade, and obviously <laughs> at this particular point, uh, Alia Shawcat, um, she's playing uh, maybe who's meant to be kind of like. 18, 19. Yeah. She's meant yeah. To, well, she's meant to be roughly the same age as George Michael. So she's meant to be about 21, 22. Okay, okay. But obviously in I real see. life, she was a couple of years older than that. So yes. um, it's, I don't know, it's kind of funny. There's that like, nice little kind of comment on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course, you know, this is where George Michael, um, he, he goes to get a, a, a room for the night. Um, although not before that, he sees Lindsay in a red wig walk past. And once again, okay, I didn't notice that. All right. Once again, we get a kind of almost like a triple kind of reference because obviously, uh-huh. you know, the red hair is something that George Michael is attracted to because of his mother, and then obviously that is also his aunt. And then he says the phrase mm-hmm. "gentlemen, start your engines," which is something that <laughs> Michael himself had said in like the third episode of this season when he himself yeah. saw Lindsay yeah. wearing this wig. Um, so <laughs> it's it's a kind of it's just a weird little set of references all kind of stacked on top of each other. Um, yeah, and yeah, okay. he tries to work out you know what room they need where he he decides that he's going to get uh, you know one bed, um, one bed uh-huh. one night two people let's solve for X. And I like how the woman <laughs> behind the desk is like I hate young Hollywood. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and this is where we find out that. Um, you know, maybe he's talking to Mort about Fate Block. Um, and then this mm-hmm. is where Rebel Alley finds out about Fate Block as well. Um, and where George Michael decides to call himself George Maharis. 
Um, and the caption <laughs> says George Mojave's risk taker, which I kind of love. Um, and then, yes. you know, also we see Perfecto at the event. Um, and, you know, so yes, there is some kind of like large backstory with maybe going out with Perfecto in the last season, right? No, no, season two? this is this is a brand new story from this season. And it's, t- okay. it's touch upon okay. in her episode. She thinks he's an undercover cop when he's actually a okay. teen boy who had a badge for being <laughs> in an anti-bullying kind of um, like scheme. Um, so, okay, so she okay. thinks he's older than he is, and it turns out he's actually a teenager, and she's obviously in her twenties. <laughs> and you know, later, you know, in Maybe's episode, it finishes with Maybe basically um, going to prison for um, for statutory rape um, so <laughs> because of Perfecto Tellus. Oh um, and of course, you know, Maybe's interest in Perfecto is then what kind of. You know, saying that that's my undercover cop boyfriend and saying I'm trying to get him uh-huh. into bed. That's what drives George Michael towards Rebel Alley. Um, you know, talking about, you know, privacy software. Uh, and I like as well when Rebel Alley asks, how does it protect you from piracy? George Michael just goes, I don't know. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually the truth. He really doesn't know. And I like how she goes, no, no, you've piqued my interest. <laughs> and George Michael yeah. just goes, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um so nice. I just I love that as well. And then, of course, this is something that we get, you know, this has happened in a few other episodes where there's an electrical surge and an explosion um, and the schnoodle software, which uh, Myers <laughs> has been peddling, it, it, you know, it, it, it's essentially cyber sabotaged. Um, and mm-hmm. because George Michael is trying to take a picture of Gibby from iCarly, which I, I just love that reference. Um, uh, while he's because he's got his phone out as that happens, you know, um, mm-hmm. Mort is under the impression that George Maharis has um, <laughs> has basically uh, caused this to happen with the use of fate block. Um, and uh-huh. I love how Mort Meyer says that Schnoodle is dead, and he goes, "That geek Maharis destroyed the whole thing." <laughs> because, and you know why? <laughs> Just because he could. Those internet geniuses. That's what they do. I'm ruined. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I love as well how he says to Rebel, "We should work together." And she goes, "No." And he goes, "Smart." Uh, and that's that's as much that's as much of um, Mort Myers as we get in this particular episode. And I think actually that's the end of him mm-hmm. for this season. Um, you know, wow. All right. Obviously, late, late in in the Maybe's episode, he he kind of comes back, um, but you know that was uh-huh. an earlier episode, so we've already seen him in that episode essentially. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, and then this is where we get one of my favorite things, which recurs throughout this season which is john beard quitting yes <laughs> and he's here giving us his 15 seconds of news um while mm-hmm. um <laughs> while george michael's at a gas station and he's on this little small television next to the pump and he says fake blocks mystery man george maharis may have just found a new way to squirrel cap on the internet and investors are lining up to fill the tank the company's tank with money even though he himself remains anonymous and then he goes that's all the news that's fit to pump I quit. <laughs> and uh, John Beard. I just, I just love that because obviously John Beard quits everything throughout this entire series. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the fourth or fifth thing that he's quit. Um, wow. But I also like that, um, you know, we, we kind of have this thing where, <laughs> where John Beard uh, is telling us, I don't know, it's really funny because obviously George Maharis is anonymous and that would suggest that fake block works because you can't find out uh-huh. about George Maharis. But obviously he's only anonymous because it's a name that George Michael's just made up. Except, of course, George yes. Maharis is an actual person who was... Wait, really? Yes, 
who who was like oh, uh, George God. Michael involved in a sex scandal. <laughs> and oh, and you've also got the him not knowing about George Michael, but saying like you don't want to be in the bathroom. Yes, yeah. Later on, we get a, 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 a little kind of call out to that, but yeah. Um, yes. You know, apparently there was a, a kind of sex scandal that kind of dogged George Maharis. Um, oh and, and so I think it's funny because, you know, obviously it, it seems like George Michael's just made the name up at random when you see him in an earlier episode come up with this name. But then it yeah. turns out, you know, if you search the Internet, you can find out stuff about George Maharis. Um, that is insane. And of course, this is where Peahound thinks that George Maharis has stolen um, Fate Block. But of course, it turns out that he is George Maharis, um, and you know this is this is why you know he's. he's <laughs> I, I like as well how he says that like, he wanted to impress maybe, and, and that's why he told her he created privacy software. Um, and George Michael goes, you know, it's like that time when you you told that girl you were George Takai's son. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, this is where they they start saying that Fate Block knocked out Schnoodle, and uh, yeah. You know, this is this is where <laughs> I like how P. Hound says we've got to get our five grand back, and of course George Michael says I put in five grand, you put in three dollars, um, <laughs> and of course this is where one dollar three times. This is where he calls George Michael a hop on, and of course this is yes. where George Michael yes. says no, he's a hop on, and he goes I know exactly who you're trying to hop on to, maybe, <laughs> and of course he goes maybe, and it's like well she's dating a cop. <laughs> and I like yeah. how P Hound says she likes risk. She likes risk takers like P, and then maybe goes hi, and he goes hound. <laughs> and of course, <laughs> maybe ushers P Hound away so that she can, you know, talk to uh, George uh, uh, George Michael. But I like as well how um, you know he says he's not hundred percent finished with it. And probably one of my favorite maybe lines where he, she goes, "Well, how finished are you with it? Two hundred percent? Five hundred percent?" And then he goes, I'm not 100% finished with your math tutoring. Um, yeah. And, and of course, uh, this is where maybe talks about, uh, this is really weird because this feels like a callback to um, a, an episode with um, a storyline with uh, with Michael. Well, not a storyline, but more of a running joke between Michael and Tobias, where Tobias keeps talking about sex and he keeps saying, I don't just lie there. And, and so obviously this is where George Michael says, you know, when he talks about getting into bed with maybe he says in a business sense, of course, um, she, she says, I trust you not to take advantage of me. And he goes, well, I wouldn't, he goes, we would just lie there. And she's like, we just lie there. And he goes, yeah, why? yeah, that's yeah. why we just, you know, talking about business. That's why we just lie there. And then of course, uh, maybe says, I was going to say, when you become an internet billionaire, you could do whatever you want with me in bed. And of course that's when George Michael changes his mind. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then of course he gets a call from Jesus Christ uh which mm-hmm. now this is the weirdest thing but we get you know we get this thing where we have a section essentially from Job's episode but this time told from George Michael's very confused position and they put a little white frame around the screen as if like uh-huh. it's being shown as some kind of like flashback or something it's really it's really odd it's just like a little touch and we very quickly get the whole thing with Job I mean I love as well how on Job's phone call you know, on George Michael's end, when he says, do I seem like a clown to you? Obviously, on Job's end, he's, you know, he's being shown clothes. Uh, but on George yeah. Michael's end, <laughs> you know, he feels like he's being attacked. So he goes along with it. And he shows up <laughs> yeah. at, at this club. And obviously, 
um, you know, they, when they take a photograph, he, someone takes a photograph of them as a couple, essentially, and um, Job says, you know, I'll do that fake block thing. And, of course, George Michael says, you know about fake block? So, obviously, everybody's started <laughs> to hear about it. And I like mm-hmm. how Job kind of, like, licks George Michael's finger. And, you mm-hmm. know, George Michael then kind of leaves there to go to the eating club. Um, and we get the kind of the jokes about people not being able to get in because somebody is already there using the membership. And in this particular case, yes, and it's Andy, Richter. Andy Richter is downstairs because Rocky is upstairs um, <laughs> already in. And I like as well how, um, you know, George Michael goes up to meet his father. Mm-hmm. His father is not there yet. And this is where he, he meets Rebel Alley again. Um, and of course, <laughs> he, he, he accidentally um, starts affecting a blasé attitude <laughs> because he doesn't mm-hmm. recognize the name George Maharis. Um and then I like as well how when she says, are you a member here? He goes, no, no, I'm not. No, I just walked past the big black security guard, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is a nice kind of like sarcastic thing. And I love as well Andy Richter as Rocky saying, I probably make like, I don't know, $8,000 a day or something. <laughs> <laughs> which I just I, I love everything that Andy Richter does as the other quintuplets, because I think he really kind of gets yes. a chance to kind of poke fun at himself a little bit. And of course, and he's great at it. Yeah. yeah. George Michael, you know, he, he knows he knows Rebel from her work in the remake of Dangerous Cousins. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, he he's <laughs> I like as well how this is this is the one time where George Michael, you know, he actually kind of he flirts and it really works. Um, you know, when uh-huh. she says, I'm sure women are throwing yourselves at your feet. And George Michael goes, well, I prefer a woman who aims higher. Um, and of course, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, when, 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 she, when he goes, uh, when she says that was funny and he goes, I know it was uh, smooth. And they both say smooth. And he goes, Hey, we have the same taste in words. <laughs> I mean, you know, Michael Sarah, he's like really kind of charming in this scene because, you know, he mm-hmm. goes from this kind of weird aloof thing that he was doing to, you know, this kind of very laid back um, kind of natural thing. And it, it kind of between him and uh, Isla Fisher, like it really kind of works. Yeah. And I love as well how when, you know, they call for George Michael um, and and Rebel Addy's like, is George Michael here? <laughs> and then, you know, it's, it's very rare. That's only about the third time in the entire run of the show where they've actually called out the fact that, you know, George Michael is the name of a singer. Um, or, mm-hmm. or should I say now, was the name of a single? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, George Michael then makes the joke where he says, just remind me not to go in the men's room. And then he gets a phone call from yes, his father yes. and he immediately goes, uh, excuse me, I'm going to use the men's room. <laughs> and I, I love that kind of like back-to-back thing of like him making a joke about not using it and then immediately saying he's going to use it. Um, and then yes. we get this kind of weird thing. I mean, this is probably one of my favorite like set pieces in the, the whole series. Um, you know, because uh-huh. we have them, we have both Michael and George Michael kind of lying about being stuck in pretending traffic. to be stuck in traffic. Yeah, yeah, the kind of the whole the whole light aircraft in the middle of the freeway thing, and yeah. <laughs> each time one of them calls, the other one is calling them, so they keep leaving messages. Um, and mm. I love how George Michael is like, uh, you know, they're they're <laughs> they're forcing us off, uh, they're closing the lanes, <laughs> and then of course, you know, Michael is like. Uh, I'm looking around for you. Maybe you're near me. And then George Michael is yeah. like, uh, I'm trying to get some footage, but I can't really get a good angle. Um, you know, f- <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how he goes, um, you know, maybe we can do this another time. Um, and then George Michael is kind of like, um, uh, you know, I hope there are no kids on that plane. Um, <laughs> I just love how each... They're, they're both in the same club, right? Yeah, one's downstairs and one's upstairs, but I love how they're both kind of yeah. elaborating on this lie. 
Um, you know, where Michael's yeah. like, uh, you know, 500 books, they find a dead kid behind the stick. <laughs> and <laughs> like, uh, this is where Rocky Richter leaves. And as he does, uh, Michael decides to go into the club, but, you know, on Andy Richter's membership. Um, and then this yes. is where he runs into Ron Howard. And it's important to notice this. They are standing next to a photo booth, Ron Howard and Michael, um, talking about um, their kids. And, you know, Michael says, yeah. you know, I would have a, a month ago, I would have told you that he and I were exactly the same, that we were twins. But uh, I wouldn't even think of my son as my brother, um, <laughs> which I think is quite funny because then Ron Howard just kind of walks off <laughs> uh, yeah. mid conversation. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that essentially will be the start of the whole kind of phone call thing and and, uh, and the talk outside the photo booth will be the start of the next George Michael episode. Um, so we kind of actually okay. that's a setup for something that gets paid off quite quickly um, once you've excellent, once you excellent. once you watch the Buster episode in between, of course. Um, yes. And then you know we get to see on the next uh, George Michael finds themselves the subject <laughs> of a lawsuit over the ownership of Fate Block, and this is obviously yeah. where it turns into you know the most kind of directly direct, the social yeah, network. The yeah. setups are the same, the camera angles are the same, like everything is kind of the same as the stuff from, you know, yeah. Zuckerberg versus the Winklevi. And I love as well how, you know, you, you have um, <laughs> Jonah Feinberg of Feinberg, Feinberg, Feinberg and Feinberg um, is is the <laughs> lawyer going up against Barry. Um, and, and he talks mm. about, you know, could you put a good word in on the missing Lucille 2 case? That's a career maker. <laughs> That's an OJ. You just need one of those. It's an OJ. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that obviously means that this episode is set as far into the future as we've actually been uh, at this point. Okay. Uh, because most of the other episodes have stopped the day after, you know, Cinco de Mayo. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, we, this is actually set enough in the future that we know Lucille 2 is missing. Um, you know, and obviously uh, George Michael is one of the few people not being accused of killing her. Um, yes, you yes. Know, whereas all the other episodes are setting that up as the as the kind of the next season is each person. Uh, yeah, the climax you, yeah, has a, point. Yeah, yeah, has a kind of a reason to kill uh, Lucille too. Uh, but of course, George Michael has never met Lucille too, so he he's completely yes. innocent. Um, and I like, of course, how mm-hmm. you know the underlying architecture of Fate Block, um, you know, belongs to P Hound, and uh, George Michael says it was ninety nine cents, uh-huh. and of course. Uh, P. Hound and Jonah Feinberg say three times, and of course Barry <laughs> says three times, and then he goes, "Can I say something to my client?" And then he goes, "Take to the sea," <laughs> and, <that's, laughs> and we, we we smash cut to white, and that's where the episode finishes. But I just I love that that's Barry's solution to everything is take to yes. the sea. What a great what a great. Uh, also, just the michael Sarah is often it's it said that he looks a lot like uh oh uh, jesse eisenberg yeah jesse eisenberg like they, it's often said that they look alike so like this this entire parody thing is just perfectly yeah conceived and put together and yeah it does kind of play on that uh, it's also worth mentioning that when we see rosalita heavily pregnant um uh-huh. <laughs> she actually says in spanish the drones are coming um yeah yeah which calls forward to the next episode where um <laughs> Buster maybe sends some drones Buster is, uh, yeah. into into Spain okay. that he shouldn't have. Okay. <laughs> so so that's a little bit of a kind of call forward for the next episode. But yeah, right. and I, I like I like as well how we we kind of finish up a little bit in the future. But you know the actual storyline of George Michael with Rebel Alley is kind of where the episode ends. But we also still have to figure uh-huh. out what was going on at the start of this episode. <laughs> so there are a couple yeah, of things kind right. of left in the air before you know we 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 return to George. Um, 
George Michael in the season finale mm-hmm. uh, in a couple of episodes time. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think obviously Michael Sarah. It would have been great if they could have had like more Michael Sarah in the show. Uh, because mostly he, yeah he, more michael sarah interacting with other yeah because he, he kind of he, characters he, really yeah he kind of really only interacts with you know his father he had any of the people yeah and and maybe and then you know we have the meeting where he kind of interacts with the you know buster a little bit and stuff like that but mostly in the uh-huh. show it's just kind of maybe in george michael kind of almost on a separate storyline yeah. to everybody else mm. you know and obviously there is a there's i mean there's also a very kind of um obscure reference um in the show itself which is uh sit down shut up um which yes. is a very brief kind of short-lived fox animation show uh that was also created by mitch herwitz and star jason bateman and will on it and henry winkler and um, George Michael, okay. George Michael is watching that when he's in Spain on the TV. Yes. Uh, while people are throwing vases around his head, he just kind of, you know, <laughs> watches uh, this this very short-lived TV show. It's a very in joke for them, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, is there anything else that we need to say about this episode? I think overall, I I really like it. I I think this really shows uh, Michael Sarah's range that he can he can portray George Michael in multiple multiple ways in his interactions with characters and him trying on different kind of roles that fill in like like his uncles like his father uh, and like his own person and just the mustache is great <laughs> in this episode <laughs> but uh i think there are some structural problems that's kind of just the overall thing that comes back again and again in this season where jokes get drawn out a little bit too much but i mean overall i like it and i, I think this is one of the episodes that got me back onto the the kind of thrust of the season and i like as well as i mean there's also a banner of course that appears uh saying good looking college george michael which immediately kind of gets ripped down <laughs> um as george <laughs> michael leaves so you know like there's a few little kind of callbacks to the you know the old show um that mm-hmm. kind of but yeah i mean you know we don't get to see george senior we don't get to see tobias you know like you know we only see um Lindsay very briefly as she walks past um yeah. You know, and she doesn't say anything. Uh, you know, there's so I just kind of feel very isolated and, and, you know, but at the same time, I love the fake block storyline so much. Um, yeah. As I would have said in, you know, the maybe episode as well. Like, I just love how it kind of gets so out of control <laughs> that we end up with this, you from, know, in an aircraft hangar. Yeah. Just from, just because, you know, again, driven by George Michael's lust for his cousin. That is the entire yes. driver of it. It's just this idea that. You know, if he can become this internet billionaire, then, uh, you know, maybe mm-hmm. we'll let him do whatever he wants. Well, the other thing that's kind of interesting is it is kind of a 21st century uh, Silicon Valley Bluth Company type thing for George Michael to uh, do. Is this like nothing tech startup that becomes this huge thing and everybody gets like on board with it and wants to be something in it. <laughs> and it's it's nothing. It, it's just this huge nothing of a product yeah i mean the, you know the funny thing is you know recently and i say recently obviously as we record this but there was that uh-huh. um that juicer uh i don't know if you saw this story yes the, yes the people crowdfunded uh no no they it wasn't crowdfunded it was it was funded really it was funded by silicon valley oh my God. It, was, it was a silicon valley startup basically um, Holy shit. And in a, in in a way that would basically almost feel like a storyline on arrested development it was called juicer <laughs> Or juice it. Okay. So it was juicer with an O at the end, and okay. you know it was it was like a four hundred dollar juicer, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, 
And what it did was you would have, you know, the Juicero um, and, uh, you know, you would get these pouches delivered and you would put them into, you know, this this press, you know, press a little button and it would squeeze the juice out of this bag. That is insane. But the weird thing is, you know, um, reporters found that they could just squeeze the bag themselves without the machine. <laughs> Um, yeah. And initially, it was going to be four hundred dollars for the for the Juicero, but then after people started pointing out, you know, you can easily just squeeze the bags. They cut the price to two hundred dollars, um, but they had literally millions in investment. Um, like angel investors had put so like so much money into that company, and then uh-huh. and then it just you know kind of. Somebody pointed out completely fell apart. Yeah, somebody pointed out like <laughs> this. This kind of can be done so much easier by people just using their hands, and then people are like, uh-huh. "Oh, I guess you're right." And the whole thing just <laughs> fell apart. Um, and it's so weird because it, it, yeah. it was like you had this juicer that was Wi-Fi enabled and had a QR code scanner, <laughs> and you know you uh-huh. pay five to to eight dollars for the, the the juice packs. The bag. Yeah, yeah. and uh-huh. apparently they had raised $120 million in the space of a year. So basically they were raising like, you know, $10 million a month to do this. And, you know, it, it's funny that it kind of went on for, you know, basically all of 2016 and like into 2017 before people were like, uh-huh. this is a stupid idea. Caught on to it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, <laughs> fate, the fact that Fate Block could end up having like an aircraft hangar full of workers before anybody realized uh-huh. it was actually nothing. I think that it's kind of funny that it's like that could have that could easily happen. And like you say, it is yeah, a, it, like yeah. the idea of getting involved. Like, you know, we've seen the, the kind of the Bluth company itself, you know, um, not build houses for like three seasons. You know, it, it got away <laughs> yeah. with just one model home for so long. And, you know, obviously yeah. Michael Bluth was always talking about like, you know, phase two. And you never kind of knew what he meant or what he was going to build or what was going to happen. You know, and they kind mm-hmm. of were always in talks with Sitwell or, you know, Standpoor were buying their, their shares. They were happy to be labelled as a don't buy. There's so yeah. many kind of things. It's like, this is a company that is effectively failing, and yet, you know, it still manages to survive. And then, obviously, you know, yeah. you, you have something like Fake Block, which doesn't, it's not selling anything, but and yet it's raising <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, you could yeah. almost say in 2013 that seemed a bit ridiculous, but given what happened with, like, Juicero, it's uh-huh. actually completely plausible that a company could survive yes. raising hundreds of millions of dollars for nothing, basically. It, it is very important with the rest of development to give it a couple years until the world gets as stupid as that presages it to be. <laughs> He's only in it briefly, but I, I kind of love the reappearance of uh, of Jeff Garland um, yes. as, uh, as Mort Myers. And I think it should be said as well, you know, Isla Fisher and... Um, you know, Michael Sarah, they do kind of have a natural chemistry as well, which kind of really works in this episode, you know, when he's kind of flirting with her at the bar and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and obviously that will become more important in the in the next episode uh, mm-hmm. with George Michael. Um, but I think it, it's kind of really, uh, you know, really works. Uh, I feel like we've said as much as we possibly can about this episode. Yeah. And so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Eric? Sure. I've got a podcast on iTunes. It's called Topic TBD Podcast. Uh, we just talk about uh, anything we want on the podcast, so uh, check that out. You can find us on Twitter at a huge mistake pod, or you can find us on Facebook at huge mistake podcast. Obviously, the next episode is Buster's only true episode of the season. Yeah, um, and then after that, we return. It's a good one too. We return to George Michael for one last time before we get to the end of mm-hmm. season four. 
Uh, and then, of course, we're just waiting for season four. Yeah, right. Um, so thanks for being my guest on this episode today, Eric. Oh, it was my pleasure, Darren. And otherwise, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.